0: Well, Julie, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Super excited to have you on. Uh, We met really through Alzheimer's Connections and uh, so just recently started to have some different conversations. And so thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me.
0: And, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy how complete strangers can... Uh, find commonality, and sometimes in the most unfortunate circumstances, and ours happens to be through Alzheimer's, and so both of our moms um, uh, have passed from Alzheimer's, and uh, I was truly, truly sorry to hear that for you, and, uh, you know, really would it just, uh, it's such a horrible, um, you know, disease for, for not just the individuals, but for the families to have to kind of go through as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much for your condolences. And, uh, I extend mine too as well. It's, it is, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And so can you just, uh, maybe like, when was your mom first diagnosed with Alzheimer's? I know my, my mother was diagnosed beginning of right at the end of 2009, beginning of 2010.
1: Wow. So my mom was diagnosed in 2015. Um, hmm. she had, uh, we had never seen it as a family. We had never seen the illness before. Um, you know, We were fortunate enough to not have it on either side of my dad's or my mom's. Um, and so it was completely new to us. I was uh, mm-hmm. one of those people who, uh, I guess, blissfully thought that it was just memory loss. And that's all that um, Alzheimer's disease um, entailed. And so her her so so long story short, um, that's a, a long way of saying that we didn't know to recognize the symptoms. Of so course, she yeah. had been having some puzzle or some troubling uh, symptoms where she was an avid quilter. You can see her quilt in the background. Mm. One of them, one of them that she made. Yeah, purple, my favorite color. Um, and so she she had been quilting in in retirement, she'd taken up and she'd gotten uh, quite good at it. And um, my father had said she lived with my dad, Um, my parents were married for over 50 years. Um, uh, So my father had started to say to my brother, my sister and I, you know, your mother's needing more help with quilting. And there were some, uh, things that happened to her. Like she was a volunteer, uh, reading, um, on a radio show to the, um, vision impaired, mm. uh, when she retired. Yeah. She's a volunteer. Um, that's awesome. And I know she, she was a wonderful person. Wonderful. Um, so she was in the, she, she had told us, you know, it was very scary to her in the middle of reading. She all of a sudden, like looked at the page and the words just didn't make sense. And she had never, mm. never before, um, had anything like that happening. So she knew it was something serious. Another time she had uh, vividly recalled uh, pumping gas, trying to, she was pumping gas and she'd, you know, she was as able as they came when it comes to, you know, getting around in life without assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's very independent. Um, And she said she was pumping gas and all of a sudden she didn't know how to pump gas anymore. And so Mm. there were those signs. And, you know, I think that we all knew um, that, Something was wrong, and but we just—I mean, she was really the the center of of my world, my sister's world, my brother's world, my dad's world. You know, none yeah. of us really could could envision life without her. We depended on her for everything. So I think that we all kind of were just like, you know, la You know, we didn't even want to think that something could happen to our mother um, like that. And so the diagnosis and it's such process-
0: a it, and it's such a it's such a um, kind of a crazy experience because I remember like we didn't even talk about it with my mother. Like she really, I don't think was, I think that she was nervous and scared about it. And so she never really talked about it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just, it was uh, I I can't even imagine, you know, to have that conversation with your mom, you know, like it's, it's, I can't even imagine what it is like for the person on the other side, like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden starting to, you know, kind of feel this way or, you know, get fuzzy and not understand what's happening when, you know, 85% of the day goes on without a hitch. Right. Like, and that was one of the things that I couldn't even understand some days it was like, my mother could just do everything that as normal. And then she didn't know how to turn the TV on. And it was just mind blowing. Like, I just didn't understand it. I felt like I was in groundhog day sometimes. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's really common um, with people who are showing the early signs of it. You know, you want to think that it's anything but Alzheimer's or another dementia. And, and that certainly happened with my family. You know, we, we kind of clung to the hope that it was just stress because she, you know, she was one of those nervous, as am I, one of those nervous people in life. Um, so we thought that maybe her stress was just getting um, we, we wanted to believe anything other than Alzheimer's. So um, yeah. it, it ended up being Alzheimer's and her official diagnosis was in 2015, um, October of 2015. Um, but the sign started, uh, you know, probably the year sure. leading up to that. And sure. in June, she had gotten a um, her PCP at the time gave her a, just a, a general dementia diagnosis, um, which and, and kind of sent her home. And I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking her pcp because i think that that's actually really the the norm um when someone's someone is showing signs of dementia it is
0: it is the norm but you know we were sent home with like uh, okay she has you know early onset dementia or just dementia and because it wasn't quite early onset at the time but Um, you know, we'll see you in six months. And it's just like, okay, well, what do I do with this information? Like, are you kidding me? Like, there's nothing else that you're going to give me, but this, like, I don't even know what this means. I've never heard of this before. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. no, it was such a frustrating time. But luckily, I'm sure like you, you know, I found the Alzheimer's Association through that process, which I then became, you know, obviously, and I'm still a big advocate, but, um, you know, I, I became part of a group that really helped me through, uh, a transition in a time when I really needed it.
1: Yeah, that's, they. I, I can't say enough uh, good things about the Alzheimer's Association. They, they did the same, you know, through, through the early, especially through the early um, stages of her illness, where it was, you know, you just don't know, you know, as you said, I, sometimes I'd, I'd wake up, I, I just, I'd look at what was going on, you know, I remember my mom, all of a sudden didn't know how to use her toothbrush and Mm -hmm. I was like is this like I'm looking it sounds so cliche but I'm like looking around for cameras I'm like this isn't this can't be It, it can't be you know and another time she all of a sudden and the things that the things that happen they 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 First of all, they they never stop and they just keep getting worse, you know, um, it, yeah. but they, they kind of sneak up on you because one second, you know, my mom is uh, taking her medications um, and everything's fine. You know, she knows how to do it. And then another time I remember I, I had taken her to the White Mountains to um, go on this uh, dinner train ride because when she was diagnosed, um, I, I really had, I was really lucky that my dad and I, uh, were her co-caregivers, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she lived at home and I, I was, uh, I used to joke that I was her cruise director because I would just take her, you know, and we'd like paint the town red together, um, and just go well, on various experiences. Yeah. You know,
0: even, so I was working full time, you know, in the very, very beginning, you know, I wasn't, uh, at the house where afterwards I, I was working from home, but you know, every weekend we would just kind of go out and do errands and she just loved being in the car and having the air, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And, and so we would just do all these little errands. We'd go out to breakfast and then we would go do our errands for the day and then kind of go everything. And she was just happy yeah. as can be just yeah. sitting in the car, listening to music, going out and doing errands and, <laughs> and stuff like that. It was fun.
1: Yeah, same with same with my mom, you know, and, and you laugh like you, you, I, you you probably like probably people from the outside would look at us having this conversation and be like, what do you mean doing errands is fun, you know, but it, it is fun when you, when you when you're, you know, someone you love that closely starts to become uh, limited in the things that they can do that you start to have fun um, doing seemingly insignificant things yeah. like going like to whatever you can yeah exactly yeah. like mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. it was
0: kind of going out and I remember just even in the very beginning going to the grocery store because I would take my mom everywhere but you know she would tap people on the shoulder and start uh, having yeah. a conversation and at first <laughs> I was like oh my gosh, you know, excuse me, you know, but then afterwards I was just like, listen, this is just what it is. I'm not going to make an excuse for my mom having Alzheimer's because she has yeah. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm just going to politely let somebody know, but, you know, I'm, I, I, I stopped feeling anxious about a situation or I stopped feeling embarrassed about a situation, um, you know, because my, she would just start talking to somebody that she thought that she knew and it was just like, okay, well, you know people need to understand that this is what this disease is. And I don't want to, you know, hide it from anybody either, you know,
1: that absolutely agreed and understood. And I, I came to that same uh, conclusion or approach myself for similar, similar reasons. So you have experiences where I remember I I had taken my mom to a yoga class and at the YMCA and she was, she had always loved yoga. Um, even back in the seventies, I vaguely remember her doing yoga. Um, And so I was like, Hey, I'll take her to yoga. And she was, um, there's an an instructor and all the people in the room. And I look over and my mother is like facing the opposite direction. She's just kind of doing her own thing. And I was like, you know, at first I was like, Oh no, what now? What, you know, I'm like inside, I'm like freaking out. And then I I kind of like, first of all, I'm in a yoga class at the YMCA in my hometown, you know, we're not on Broadway, you know what I mean? And I, you kind of have to, I feel like you kind of have to talk yourself Mm -hmm. down from that Mm -hmm. ledge. And, you know, I think that that's actually a huge part that what you had just described um, to me is a huge part in um, contributing to ending the stigma around Alzheimer's and other dementias, because it's not, you know, it, they people who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's, they they're still there, they they still have you know just as much right to be out in the world, out and about as as experiencing, anyone experiencing having you know? fun,
0: doing all of those, yeah, different and, things, and just it's not like- you know,
1: it's yeah, exactly. It's not, it's yes, it's tragic, yes, it's 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 you know, one of the worst things that could ever happen to a person, but I I I never liked and I get it, you know, I I understood I was one of those people that just had no idea how to. You know, uh, react or interact with someone that has um, visible dementia. Um, but I think that, you know, the more, as, as you said, the more the people who are uh, caring for them um, can n- normalize it, I guess, yeah. you know, and say, hey, this is, you know, sorry, she's tapping you. <laughs> that, that's it, it you know, and, and kind in, of like get people, this... yeah, get people used to the fact that because it's, you know, the, the sad reality is that it, the, the incidence rates of um, the diseases are, are like uh, rapidly increasing. So the sad reality mm-hmm. is, you know, people are gonna have to get used to it pretty soon because it's not, you know, there's no cure, it's not stopping and yeah, people are yeah, getting yeah. older as the population we're getting older. And when you get older, you, the, the, chances, the likelihood that you'll get dementia increase. So like it or not, you know, un, until there's a cure, there are going to be hopefully more people with more mm-hmm. people with dementia out in the world not more, more people yeah. with dementia i mean yeah, the yeah. living their lives and not not being ashamed and not having loved ones who are embarrassed you know it, it it's it's awful like the, i think yeah. the disease is hard enough um, that to have to have all this societal you know, BS that you have to like sift through and, you know, the embarrassment, all the feelings that you, you know, you, you just don't know how to process it. It's Mm -hmm. hard enough, you know, and the stigma around the illness, I think is one of the things that is a, uh, pretty tragic to me, you know, um, I think that as a society, or I really do think as a society, we need to end that because it's,
0: well, we should help people just because, you know, you know, our society is built around a world, it's fast paced, it's moving and, you know, um, but, you know, so folks that don't necessarily fit that mold have to adapt versus the world kind of adapting and making, you know, things a little easier or more aware right. or, or even or just welcoming, those, yeah. you know, yeah. making those it a little things. more so,
1: friendly, you know?
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, and 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 especially with Alzheimer's because it's such an unknown, and people just they don't understand it. So therefore, it's like you know, and and I'm happy to have these conversations because I think that it allows for just people to then understand what is happening with somebody, and you know maybe how to how to how to handle it. Because even just from my own experience, I mean, when my mother was. Sometimes would get angry over a situation. I would try to reason with her. Okay, well that doesn't work because she doesn't see the same thing that I see. So stop Ouch. reasoning with her and 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 take her to a different place. Just almost like you know when a child is throwing a fit, you distract them. You know, you you, you kind of do what you need to do to 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 help them see something differently. And a lot of times it's 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 distracting. Um, And I used to do the same thing for my mom. If she was upset about something, I remember that I would just be like, okay, well, I know music helps her kind of get out of whatever place it was. And so Mm -hmm. if my mother was ever angry or we would be out and about and something kind of Um, irritated her or set her off or something along those lines, I'd throw in a little Tom Jones and mom would be happy (laughs) as a clam dancing around, you know? And and so it's, it's just understanding little things that we can, we can do, you know, obviously for individuals, but then also just with, you know, with, with people out and about, You, you don't have to reason with anybody, but just almost like if you don't understand what somebody is saying, the typical, just smile and nod, just smile mm-hmm. and nod like that's all yeah. you have to do and then we'll be on our way and you can kind of go from there and then yeah you know, yeah yeah it's it's crazy yeah and definitely. so and, and so you know I know you said you and your dad took care of your mom um, you know my sister and I my wife you know there was a lot of people that contributed to taking care of my mom as well um, you know how was that whole experience because it's it's such a devastating experience, right? To watch your your parent, you know, slowly lose the ability to do things. Um, and so you mourn that loss. And then you're also in a situation of caring for somebody that has a whole nother emotional kind of toll with it. How did you take care of yourself or did you during, during that time of taking care of mom?
1: I did. Um, I, you know, as I said, with... Um my father and I both being there around the class, you know, he, he's, a, I, I say often, he's from a, a very different generation, you know? So um, I think that he, while the two, I think that my being able to split caregiving with him allowed my mother and certainly my father to have as normal a life as possible, Mm. um, for as long as possible. You know, um, I don't think that I was in uh, necessarily a typical caregiving role because only because I had my dad, you know, and I had my own apartment. Um, that was one of the things I guess, um, to, to answer your question. Um, you know, I, I had, I made sure, um, early on to take care of myself, um, I am one of those people who really always has, I think always has believed in self-care. Um, yeah. Mostly because I, you know, I don't like how I feel when I'm neglecting myself. I, I feel angry. I feel, um, you know, stressed, tired, overworked, you know, and it, it's the anger that, that mm-hmm. I, I really want to um, stay away from, especially when, um, when I was caring for my mom, because there's really, I don't there's really very little room um, for anger when you're caring for a dementia patient, because um, oftentimes the, the person will pick up your mood. It's you know? totally
0: going to feed off of your energy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I luckily recognized early on and I don't have any kids myself. You know what I mean? That's why mm. I, when I, when I say that um, my caregiving role, um, I, I, I understand and I appreciate the fact that I was I'm not the norm you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. most people have their own families my sister my brother they have their own families they have you know children they have um a lot of um you know certainly full-time jobs and that sort of thing so I I had yes I I took very good care of myself but I had that luxury you know and I don't think that most people do um and you know my father and I almost yeah I I was lucky you know if you can ever be lucky with uh dementia I was my mom was very lucky um to have my dad and me both there you know we kind of like tag teamed and of course we butted heads a lot and that's what happens you know yeah. um with any kind of caregiving role I imagine it's sure. the same raising a child you know the parents don't always agree that's yeah that's what happens. um so so I really made sure um I initially I had tried um to I I live in uh, the Boston area full time, and I had originally tried to just stay with my parents um, and live there as much as I possibly could, just to make it easier um, on everyone, and uh, certainly to save money um, for myself because I wasn't working. I, I decided to to not uh, mm-hmm. to take time off of my career and you know zero yeah. income. So that's that's a big, huge, uh, concern. Um, it's a a, a a big pressure. It's a big weight. Yeah. It's a huge weight to carry because everyone around you, you know, thinks you're crazy and wonders what you're doing and how, what do you, you know, your mother wouldn't want this all, you know, I've heard everything, you know, when it comes to why would you take, put your life on hold to take care of your mother, you know, But
0: why not? um, Like it's only a short amount of time. I can always make more money. Like I, but I I can't, I can't get this time back. I can't get this experience back with her. I can never give her this level of care. And so, yeah, you know, I feel like I, I did the exact same thing with my career, but you know, I'm blessed for all of it. I'm grateful to have been able to still work. Um, but not necessarily in the same capacity, but still, you know, uh, still work and, and give that care to my mom. And, you know, it becomes almost poetic, right? Because I became, I became very just appreciative of the fact that, you know, I could give her the same thing and the same comfort and the same level of care that she gave me when I didn't have the ability to care for myself. And now that she doesn't have the ability to care for herself, you know, it was a privilege to be able to give her that care and that comfort and that level of security that you know not everyone gets. And yeah. uh yeah, I um you know, I'm right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, with when I was uh living I I tried as I said, I tried to live with my parents and that didn't last very long. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it, it's a lot, you know. I, I'm it is um, a lot. You know, I'm I'm up there in years. I'm not, you know, I'm not a a teenager well, be, well, and, become, you know, living, you you know we're parents. both adults
0: and now <laughs> yeah. you know you and your dad have de- different couch. versions <laughs> of different stuff yeah. and yeah like yeah. this isn't what i yeah. yeah
1: yes but then i look back and i you know i think there that was the right because sometimes i'd feel guilty i'd think like okay well no, it's probably I, I the should, right
0: decision for I your dad so. to have yes, you know yeah, his own yes. space and not yeah you know what i mean and not feel like i his do whole world was torn upside down and, and he has a supervisor
1: for- there like you know everything he does you know yeah. scolding him or, or telling and him it was, that's and not it was yeah. good for
0: your mental health too i'm sure to absolutely just be able yeah to, to take a break and to yeah and to away. absolutely yeah.
1: yeah it was yeah. and that's you know that goes back to the uh, self-care thing I, I i did make sure um i tried really hard if i ever did um get really sad or or mad because it's a it's an illness that um Elicits a lot of anger and oh sadness, gosh. you know, Um and frustration, so oh resentment yeah, yeah, and yeah, like
0: yeah, one hundred percent. I went through them all because yeah, it was yeah, so you know, but oh, it's awful,
1: it's tragic,
0: and, yeah, and, and and you know, and I'm certainly glad. Um, I love so I've I've been a uh, certainly a big advocate on the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, it stopped after Mom passed because I I did a lot of kind of soul searching i needed some time to figure out who i was um and now i've gotten back into more fundraising and i'm going to be doing some other things but i i was thrilled to then see you start to do more advocacy and you've just recently joined a few years ago right like with the Alzheimer's association and i know you're a big advocate and and you know kind of doing everything that you can to to share that. So how did, how did going through this experience then kind of help you say, okay, well, I want to be this advocate because a lot of people just kind of say, I went through the experience and that's it. And, you know, I don't really want to, you know, kind of, um, you know, go through it. And I understand it's a lot of emotion, a lot of pain and all of those Mm -hmm. things. Um, how did you then kind of decide that you wanted to, um, um, you know, continue to fight, uh, this fight? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, a great question. And I agree that, um, you know, it probably it's more common to just want to, you know, walk away, you know, leave it in the past and, you know, don't ever have to think about it again, because it's that devastating. Um, and I completely get that I absolutely, I, I get it. And I appreciate um, people who, who do that. I, I, I it, it makes yeah. perfect sense. um So for me, you know, I think that the more I, uh, I care for my mom for three years, um, you know, and, and the more I, thought about it and, and realized how fortunate my mom and I were to, you know, to have each other and to have, um, be able to spend, you know, have, like you said, having a blast going to the grocery store, you know, um, I, I started to think about the people that didn't have that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that had to, you know, whether, like, what would my dad have done if he didn't have my sister, my brother and I, what would my parents have done, you know? And um, what about like the people who don't have anyone and um, people who would love to have the luxury of taking care of their mom, but they can't because they have you know, their own, you know, kids Mm -hmm. or they have a job or that, you know, they don't have the money or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, sadly, there are really no uh, resources. I think people think that there are a lot of caregiver resources um, for people taking care of. There are not, there's, there's no money. There's no, Mm -hmm. um, really, there's very, very little. Uh,
0: Unless you have long-term care insurance. Yes. Yeah. It's a financial burden that I don't wish upon anybody because it's hard. Yeah.
1: Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So once I started to um, step, away from my, myself and my mom, um, I, I, started to think about the other victims. Um, and I think what sealed it for me was, um, it being, um, wanting to stay involved after my mother passed away was, uh, seeing memory care units. Um, mm. my mom had a, a, hospital stay and she was, um, had to be discharged into rehab. And, and after that, you know, she was just very, very weak and frail, and couldn't be sent home. So we had to, um, she went into a, a memory care unit for, for a short while before she passed away and looking at them or when I was looking at the different <laughs> ones that are available and, you know, um, seeing and, and talking to the, the staff that works there and, and um, what I know about um, staff at, at nursing homes um, and assisted living facilities are they're, they're generally grossly underpaid, mm-hmm. um, overworked, um, you know, not appreciated. Uh, especially with, uh, you know, de- dementia patients, as you said, there uh, sometimes there people can get angry, you know, they can be abused, the, the, the patient themselves can be abusive. And, um, and I started to talk to the people who worked at the nursing homes. And, you know, I was like, well, asked about the other residents, like, why does no one visit? And they tell me, you know, mo- most of the residents didn't get any visitors at all a lot of visitors
0: and you know and there are in in the places I mean they do a great job taking care of the needs of, of of people and there's some you know there's some great ones I know Beth does an amazing job and she's a huge advocate and not only just in her facility but you know kind of town support but you know the reality is is that you know there's only you know so many people to do so much work and you know and while they keep everyone you know safe and comfortable and all of those other things you know it's still a lonely you know it can be a lonely time for people um yeah. you know yes there's other people around um but even when my mother became non communicative and, and 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 couldn't you know have any of that she had a comfort with me that was just there she would hold my hand i would walk in the room and her her eyes would light up you know so you just you know that there was still that connection um you know and it's hard it's you know it's it's a it's some people have to do it and it's understandable but it's just it's a hard place for for everyone to be at you know
1: yeah Definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that to um, answer your question is uh, what why I made the decision to stay involved is really for the people that um,
0: yeah
1: can't be involved, that the ones that you know um, lost their voice of the uh, people affected by dementia, um, all, um, and Alzheimer's themselves that don't have that voice to advocate for themselves. You know, they're they're really defenseless. Um, and it's like, well, who is, go- who, if not me, you know, it sounds cheesy, but like, if not me, then who is going to advocate for uh, people yeah. and families who are affected? And I had just, um, we had a congressional meeting with, as uh, part of the work that I do with the Alzheimer's Association's impact movement, it's the advocacy work. Um, we had a meeting with our um, local congressman, and one of the things I, I wanted to impart on, um, his office is that you know there aren't a lot of advocates for um alzheimer's and other dementias not because we don't care not because we don't think it's important but because we're exhausted you know Mm -hmm. when we lose lose our loved ones and we just kind of are like what just happened you know trying to make sense of of the world trying to understand what we Mm -hmm. just went through you know and and and, and
0: that's where some people don't want to relive that anymore. Exactly. And that's why yes. they don't want to yeah, continue to tell their yes. story. And of then course. there's yeah. just because, those yes. ones yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that
0: want to continue to tell their story. But mm-hmm. it, is, it is equally, you know, it's equally as tough always talking yeah. about it you know it's yeah it is an and I don't want to. to yeah
1: yeah it's not something I, I think that it, it um if it ever comes across um as me wanting to keep reliving this it's it's certainly not the case um I yeah. don't I, not at all I, I I don't I wish I could just leave it um behind me but um I I just feel compelled to um you know I am I've always been like a an under root for the underdog kind of person um I feel compelled to help yeah. the people who can't um you know the the victims who can't uh, advocate for themselves um, and for a family who is just so that that doesn't want to deal with it you know i i yeah. don't think that if it's not i don't that's a, that's not the right way to put it um that wants to try to move forward with yeah, with yeah, their lives absolutely. yeah yeah and, and I, I get and, that and not
0: stay in that space 100 totally
1: and i see yeah. you know i i can say that um even though there aren't it doesn't seem like there are a ton of really vocal advocates, anyone that I've ever encountered um, who's ever seen it or gone through it is always, you know, willing to say, mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I understand you. Thank you. And, you know, so, so appreciative for um, anything that anyone else does. You know what I mean? It's not like, um, it's not like for, for people who, um, cho- and I, I'm sure I'll be that person too at, at some point, you know, it, yeah. want, if I, if I decide that, okay, I've, I've you know, done, all I can, um, I'm going to um, focus on other things in my life. Um, I, I think that um, I always get a huge sense of uh, gratitude from the other um, caregivers, the other, um, you know, daughters, sons who who have gone through it or or are going through it. Um, There's such a huge appreciation um, Mm -hmm. that so that even if someone isn't taking an active role there, we're all we're all in this, the the, Alzheimer's, says we're all in this together, but you know, we're all in it together. I, I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, um, that anyone else wouldn't do. And I, and I always feel, uh, very, uh, very, uh, appreciated from other people. You know, even you reaching out to me when you reached out to me, I was so happy. I was so grateful, you know, because Mm -hmm. we speak the same language and and I think, you know, we're, we're part of a, anyone who's seen it up close, I think we're just, uh, unfortunately part of a really sad club and we we understand each other you know um so so that's why i i continue to um try to be yeah. a, as vocal and advocate as i possibly can
0: um for it. people who
1: don't yeah. who don't want to or, or don't have the energy to you know
0: yeah 100%. And so, um, and so if, before we wrap up, maybe you can just kind of let people know, especially in the Western Mass area, but you know, what are some ways that individuals can get involved? I know for myself, I do some fundraising um, uh, with, there's a ride that's uh, coming up in June, uh, but then also the walk to end Alzheimer's uh, there's always local events. Um, but, you know, maybe you can kind of tell people how they can get involved either with a walk or, or through advocacy.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I think um, the the first thing I would suggest is is think about where you want to contribute, um, in what capacity, and then think about um, how much time you have. You know, Um, and and there's no right or wrong answer to that. Um, I think some people aren't huge fans of fundraising. Um, I am one of those people, but I do it anyway. Um, So so then advocacy might be um, better for you, which is a you know hugely impactful way um, to uh, contribute to the cause. Um, And to do that really just you can contact the Alzheimer's Association, look at their website, Um, they're always looking for new volunteers. And they're so amazing to work with, Um, I think, especially because, you know, they know what we've all been through. So they there's never any pressure, you know, to, to, um...
0: and they can help direct people in a variety of different ways. right? like, yeah, Yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a great way to just direct people to their local chapter, right. And, um, you know, kind of go kind of go from there. Exactly.
1: I think so. I think so. And then, you know, that's even just doing that, you're, you're helping, you know, there's no, there's no one size fits all answer in terms of how you can contribute to um the the fight to end alzheimer's but um even just wanting to is is really all all you need um just yeah. uh there's there's always something you can do whether it be a walk or advocacy or a ride yeah. or um anything. And this
0: year's Pioneer Valley walk is uh in September right September 26th
1: Yes yep Sunday Excellent. September 26th and uh yeah everyone should go to that it's going to be a lot of fun
0: <laughs> Yeah and uh, just so we can I'll uh, I'll bring up my flower this is, uh, you know, so these are the flowers that they hand out uh, at all of the walks. Mine gets a little muted with my background. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's for um, all of the individuals that are represented. It's for, you know, people that are still with us. It's for people, um, you know, that have passed. Um, and so, um, yeah, if you or you know anybody that has health, has Alzheimer's, um, you know, just uh, um, I think whether it's Alzheimer's or anything else, just giving people a little bit of breathing room and a little understanding goes a long way for a lot of people um, because we're all dealing with something. And so, um, so yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks, Julie. I really appreciate you uh, joining us this morning. Uh, it, was, it was amazing for you to, you know, not just share your story, but how you've kind of, uh, not just obviously moved through that, but adjusted your life, have found this new, you know, purpose and passion for yourself that, um, you know, again, who knows where these things are going to come from, but um, embracing them and, and then moving with them when they feel right does amazing things. And so thank you for all that you do with the Alzheimer's Association. And uh, thank you from those who, who can't say thank you. So
1: yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's, on, it's an honor to, to be able to contribute it really as I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: grateful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I, it was fun.
0: Of course. Um,